0: You're hey, listening, hey, listening to Galaxy, Galaxy of Film. Galaxy. Welcome back to the Brandoops of Galaxy of Film. I am, of course, your host, Max. And this week, I'm joined with an actor here on the show. Uh, we have Sarandas. You are starring in a new short film called Hunted to Lost Pursuit. How are you doing,
1: man? I'm doing great. Yes, I'm the uh, brand new Oscar contending actor here. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. No, I'm great, man. I'm. This is the first podcast appearance ever.
0: Oh, really? Well, congratulations, <laughs> man. I'm glad we're here deflowering you hey Galaxy of <laughs> <laughs> Film. <laughs> That's awesome. So, real quick, man, before we start diving into this episode, tell us a little about yourself, because you're new to the show here.
1: All right, so, well, yes, uh, I'm an actor. Um, Mm -hmm. I got into acting because I've always loved the art of film, uh, TV, movies, uh, from, like, the old stuff to the new stuff, and I've always wanted to get into the industry and more, like, creating and writing and directing. And when I was but uh, i'm 27 now so when i was like 19 20 i i was i I really liked the idea of like being behind the camera creating a whole production and um but the most important thing that i thought for movies was uh, was acting cuz the actors are the ones that tell the story sure. and so as a director cuz i had no clue about acting i'm like okay maybe i'll just you know take an acting class and mm. uh, so i can understand actors and be able to direct actors so I can get the best performance. Yeah, yeah. And, makes sense. Yeah. And so when I took the classes, I ended up really loving acting and I just stuck with it. And I did that for a few years and uh, <laughs> and then when I put myself out there, COVID hmm. happened. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. COVID was a bitch for the industry. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, so th- for like the first year, there's like nothing, Sure. right? Mm. So like th- to get any kind of part, you you do like, uh, I don't know, like 50 auditions, right? You, and you might land one. But then it's like COVID happened and now from like 50 auditions, you're down to like five.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine, man. I can imagine. We basically, when we started doing the filmmaking stuff here at Galaxy of Film, um, we got into it right as like the COVID stuff was kind of coming up. So people were like really like craving the the, the need to work on film again because it had been on pause for like two years and it was just dead. So I feel you on that. Damn, I imagine that was rough. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was pretty. <laughs> so I got to and then the the classes I was that I was doing went, you know mm. online just like everything else, but it was just wasn't the same. So <laughs> were the
0: acting classes?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, the acting. Oh,
2: jeez. Oh, oh,
1: Cause like you know they're a business they're trying to you know make mm. money so and the best thing you could do is do it online sure uh but yeah it, it just wasn't the same because uh it The only thing it did help with because a lot of auditions now uh are through zoom mm. like like live auditions so they'll teach you how to work the camera through like like a zoom audition and uh, so th- that's the only benefit other than that. It's kind of hard to feel somebody else's energy when you're not with them.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, man. I, I definitely can imagine that. Um, that's something, as a director myself, it's been kind of weird to know about, like, like going through the auditioning process and casting process for my films. Um, because you don't get to feel the energy when you're looking at a video or a Zoom or a Skype call. Absolutely. You know, you're just having to... You're, you're getting what they deem as the best energy that they can put into as well. So it's really hard to read yeah. on the other end of this too. That's a very good point. Goodness. Well,
1: especially the the whole audio when it cuts out. So like you say a lot, yeah.
0: <laughs> it kind
1: of messes up the whole thing.
0: It does, man. You're a hundred percent right on that. You're a hundred percent. Well, I'm glad you stuck it through COVID because <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> and I'm glad your career is going further and further. Um, so where, where do you see this like going for you in the future? Like, is this something that for the rest of your life, like acting as a passion for you? There's no plan B you're sticking to this for, for good.
1: Uh, no, I, I do have a plan B because, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you, you've been paying attention, but the industry look like it's up in flames right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> and, uh, um, my plan B is, uh, I like, uh, I love cooking and baking. Oh. So, uh, I, I luckily have a relative who's in the business, and he owns, like, a really top uh, cafe. So the plan is, uh, he's opening up, like, a state-of-the-art kitchen. Mm. And next year, I'm going to move there for a bit so I can get uh, some experience with, like, top chefs. Sure. So I'll, I'll be thrown right into, like, like the front lines uh, and eventually open up my own spot. hmm that's my plan b in terms of like film um i kind of took a break from acting okay. just because i'm like cuz i you know i saw the titanic hit the iceberg and uh, <laughs> i'm like do i do i want to aboard the ship that's going to hit the iceberg or do i jump off now <laughs> do i not mm-hmm. aboard it um that's where i was i was at um, so i do want to get back into it it's just uh, do I want to go that far, like sure. Holly? You know, do uh, I? Don't know. I I really like doing short films. Mm. My my uh, I think the best creativity is when you don't have like a big budget and you're just merely focused on just your pure creativity. And uh, as long as you have great actors and a great vision, you can have a great project. So like a low to mid budget kind of mm-hmm. stuff ideal the big budget stuff i i don't know if, if i get lucky <laughs> sure <laughs> it doesn't hurt to take a big paycheck to do like something big but um it's just in terms of getting back into it which also means i have to become uh unionized and i'm kind of i'm kind of i'm kind of confused how to get unionized no one really has an answer
0: yeah, there's been some actors I'm dealing with too on one of our recent pieces we're working on called Novex, um, where that's also a struggle <laughs> for some of them too. So by all means, it's definitely a process, um, and some you'll have to stick through. But I love that you got that that love for like the little indie guys still the short film kind of community and an atmosphere for filmmaking because those very much matter quite clearly, you know. So it's nice to hear that um, that's something you consider you know wanting to take further. And to keep returning back to those, on and on. Um, Yeah, man, that's awesome to hear. That's what's up.
1: Yeah, man, well, some of the best projects are indie projects.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And that's how you get, you know, a uh, a lot of actors who end up going on to bigger and better projects. And you can kind of look back and track their career of some of these indie projects, too. It's like the perfect stepping stone for each one, for sure. Which is kind of what we're looking at today with this week's episode. Um, of course, for listeners, as you can tell by the title, we're talking about Attack the Block and They Clone Tyrone. Um, these are two John Boyega films last year on the podcast, uh, link down below, but we discussed Heat, the Michael Mann film, and Breaking, which was John Boyega's film from last year, a bit of a you know crime heist duo going on there, um, and we haven't had a chance to talk about more of his stuff, but here we are today finally getting a chance to talk about like his first film and his most recent film. Um, they clone tyrone was something that i know when it was released on netflix originally this year a lot of people were saying this could be a contender for something of award season coming up um and it really slipped into the radar for me i missed the theatrical run and i just had a chance to watch it this past week um sarandis did you get a chance to watch they clone tyrone when it came out in theaters
1: no i didn't even know it came out in theaters i thought it went straight to streaming
0: oh no it had a limited theatrical release just so it can qualify for awards.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I see, I see,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what you call Oscars bait. And speaking of <laughs> Oscars bait, yeah. guys, a little bit of an announcement here at Galaxy of Film. Um, it's already out as of the time of this episode being released, but this week, Jake has started our new podcast series called Awards Bait. Um, this would be a bi weekly podcast series that Jake is hosting. Um, covering and discussing award season for Oscars, Emmys, Golden Globes. He's talking about festival films. Uh, he's talking about predictions for the award season. we will have guest co-hosts. And this week's episode dropped with David Rosen from Piecing It Together. So check that out, guys. It's also on our YouTube. Um, it'll also be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well, where this show normally is for you guys. But we're trying out YouTube. So check that out. Awards bait. It's always a good time here. And that'll be a seasonal show. So, pretty excited to see where that goes on. But before we go ahead and start talking about the movies for this week, we have a piece of news to talk about real quick. Now, I'm pretty curious to hear your thoughts, especially on this, Randus. Uh, but Del Toro, the, the actor, of course, you know, Pinocchio, Hellboy, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, this recently came out that he was going to direct a Star Wars film, possibly about Jabba the Hutt. Now, I'm really curious, first of all, are you a Star Wars fan, Randus?
1: Of course. I'm a star I'm a George Lucas
0: Star Wars fan. There you go. That's the right answer, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on this director? Um, at one point I haven't worked on this project. There was a script being bounced around like this was a like project that was announced that was greenlit, um, but unfortunately was canned in like 2018. What were your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, uh, the Star Wars film that he was uh rumored yeah. to yeah. direct the got guy- Oh okay so, um well I, it's not surprising they they be canceling a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah it's true uh, they got like the I know the game of thrones writer they writers they were going to hmm. a trilogy that didn't happen uh uh multiple other directors i know like Taika Waititi is attached to one that's probably not going to happen there's so many patty jenkins uh, but, yeah man you're right but a Del Toro, having a director at that caliber doing a Star Wars movie, I I don't know, man. He has a completely different style of making movies. And you can, oh. if it's like an like a offshoot kind of, like not an episodic movie, but an offshoot, then I could see how you could put like a Del Toro spin mm. to a Star Wars movie. So like a Jabba Hutt does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. But yeah, not for an episodic movie, but that's... Actually that's kinda of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> we need better directors to to uh to make Star Wars content.
0: No, I agree, man, especially for the movies. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see what this would have been, especially if it being Jabba related. Like was this specifically just about Jabba or the Hudson general, with Jabba kind of being like the forefront? I don't know, man. Um, I think more than anything, you know, visually in the style it would have been one thing. But I'm super curious to see what the script was like. You know, what story do they have in mind for this? And I think that's the most intriguing thing about it. Um, but, you know, like I said, they've canceled a lot of these directors within a lot of these projects. So it's like a, a shoulda, woulda, coulda situation, you know? Unfortunately, we'll just never see this one.
1: Um, no, I'll never say never. You never know. That's um, true, too, I guess. Wait, how old is he? Do you know? Dr. Oh, ooh, let me look that up. <laughs> <laughs> he um, has to be up there in age
0: I cannot type for the life of me today let's see how old is this guy um, of course oh he's 58 oh that's not
1: too bad oh okay yeah there's plenty of time yeah. I know with a director like that if if he's gonna like you want directors like him to do their own kind of thing mm-hmm. because that's where they can put their pure creativity onto their own original stuff because if they're gonna take somebody else's pro uh. Cre- uh project that they've made. Uh like I like to see his spin, but I have a feeling that maybe the studio will put a lot of like uh restraints sure on his creativity and it wouldn't really be it would be like a I guess a Sam Raimi Doctor Strains in the Multiverse of madness style where it's like it's, it I didn't feel like a Sam Raimi movie. It, it just felt didn't. like another Marvel movie.
0: I'm glad you coming in with the hot takes already, man. I love it. I'm I, I love when people do critique Marvel stuff off the bat, especially Multiverse of Madness. That movie I don't want to call it a disappointment, but it was definitely not what I was hoping for. <laughs>
1: the movie, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, more that. or less.
0: It just was, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but I feel you on that. That's kind of all we had for news this week. Um, I want to go ahead and take a moment to discuss this new short film you ran, like I say, called Hunted to Lost Pursuit. Um, this was written, produced, and uh, directed by Nikki Rosima. Um, and this is about five young adults who are looking for answers, and they meet a member of Beatrix's vampire coven, who brings them to the coven home where they learn more about themselves. And associates of the Jeffersons are still hunting them. Um, I'm, I'm super curious about this piece, man. First of all, you know, obviously you're in it, you're a bit biased. Can you tell us about this film like as as a product away from yourself? if That makes sense.
1: So about this film. So yeah, so this is a sequel to the first one. Okay. I was not in the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually interesting thing, like uh she wanted to remake the first one with the cast of the, the second one. Oh, so, almost like a like an Evil Dead 2 style? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So okay. that that was she wanted to do that. Uh, actually, like, like a couple of weeks ago, but the the weather was getting too cold because uh, I live in Canada.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if that if that's gonna happen next year, I don't know. But yeah, so this is a sequel to that, and how it came to be, I'm trying to remember because was this hap- this was filmed pretty much a year ago. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be filmed in March of last year. But then it was too cold. So we waited to, for the weather to get a little warmer. Then we filmed it in early September, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it was funny because almost all of us, like the cast, kind of forgot that we were in this film. Until the <laughs> Facebook chats started blowing up. And we were all like, oh, what <laughs> damn, we're doing this film. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go through the script. And the script was formatted and not like a, a true, like, uh uh, like a screenplay sure yeah it was like, about like a, it was like more like a word document i've done and that so- a thousand
0: times i understand exactly what you're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it the, to find like my character in the scenes was a little difficult but yeah it took me like like overnight just to remember all the lines mm-hmm. and then drove like two hours <laughs> to the to the shoot mm-hmm. and then we all met up and it was kind of like like a shot on the fly, like she has like certain areas where she wanted to film,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: it wasn't like uh, like there was a sets like lights and this and everything all set up already. It's more like just point and shoot. You know, you know the lines. Let's <laughs> let's do it. Gotcha. Okay, nothing
0: wrong with that. I feel yeah. There was a couple pieces I've done that's like that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a couple. of... Uh, a couple of cool scenes that I, uh, we were in a forest and the the, tr- the trees mm. looked really cool. Um, where we like, we woke up in the forest. Uh, one scene particular, <laughs> particularly that uh, was hilarious is that we were shooting on like, a highway over there. Mm. And so, but the cars just kept going by. So we literally had seconds to shoot like <laughs> a line. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. So we're, 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 the a car won't buy we're like let's go let's go, let's go. and then <laughs> I'll say my line and then the car goes by and then another car goes by we're like waiting and then we're like okay we got like a few seconds next line let's go <laughs> shoot again that probably took an hour just to shoot one scene i believe because, because it, man the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, the guy that played my brother mm. we had a couple of nice moments uh I remember we were on the bench and then it was like, I mean, it was a flashback scene mm. and it was a, a nice brotherly moment there. And we we got to talk to, to, uh, with each other for a bit, just to, I guess to feel, feel each other out. Yeah. Get the chemistry going, all that. And then there's was, there was a line that he said, Oh my God, this is so unprofessional of me. You pronounce the line a certain way. And I just can't stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've got to shoot the scene Like five times Because every time he said that <laughs> I would just burst out laughing Something oh, wow. like about a
0: <laughs> So real quick You mentioned that you're from Canada You're in Toronto, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm from here Yeah.
0: So what is the filmmaking scene like over there? Is it very up and flowing constantly Or is it like a project by tra- project basis? I know you said during COVID It was kind of dead for a little bit um, so I'm really curious because, like, where I'm from, I'm in North Carolina, and obviously it isn't like a big booming situation like New York or LA or like that. But it definitely has like, a good like community, like indie community here, where locally it's kind of upbringing. So what's it like up there in like in Toronto or Canada for you?
1: Oh, it's it's exploding here. Okay. Um, uh, i know netflix bought a lot of space <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a lot of studio space uh, a lot of netflix shows are filmed in ontario mm-hmm. uh, i think there's a there's like a a small town built in some area in ontario and it's just all empty it's, it's just for set, pretty much um but yeah for i guess the professional side yeah it's exploding a lot it's I guess it's a cheaper to shoot here. That's why a oh. lot of film TV shows are being filmed in Ontario. But when it comes to like indie stuff, uh, there's a lot of film schools uh, with uh, yeah universities, colleges. Uh, then there's the Toronto Film School. So there's always they're always looking for actors. Mm-hmm. So like someone who's not unionized like me, I'll be doing projects like that. Okay. And uh, during COVID, like uh, I guess near the end of COVID, it, when it started opening up, it, there was more. Like I guess when students are were starting to look for the actors for like their big project, uh, hmm. there'll be a lot of those. I was most of my projects that I've been in were like student films. Okay, for colleges, like I've only done two that were like purely independent, which was Hunted Two, and then another film that I did. Uh, I never got the film for that. I don't know if it was ever finished edited, but I was in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So i and it's definitely opened up a lot now there's okay. plenty of especially now because school has started again yeah I'm seeing a bunch of posts for the indie stuff oh I um, imagine yeah, it was for school especially I yeah imagine. yeah so usually when school starts up that's when it all explodes
0: mm. so how were you okay. approached for for hunted too whenever this became a thing
1: uh I don't know what you have there but there's like a website called like mandy and there's backstage we have uh staff me up And backstage as well okay uh, I think backstage merged with Mandy I'm uh, not I' okay. think but yeah there was a, just a post on one of them and then it was 202 okay. I said my addition, she liked it and that's how it just out yeah just I got the pure part. luck
0: then very nice man you see like pure coincidence, you write timing. It kind of works out that way. Like uh, for some some of my films, your example, I know like uh, Yates, the guy who plays uh, Jason in my film *Distinguished*, he reached out originally for like a surgeon, and that was kind of pending for months and months because he just happened to, I think, literally walk by one of the flyers we had posted somewhere, you know. And then I kind of kept in my back pocket for that piece. Um, The guy Todd, who's playing the protagonist in our current film *Novex* that we're currently shooting, um, same thing. Like he auditioned for *Distinguished*. And here he is for a totally different film months later. It just kind of works out, you know, by all means, that's pretty awesome. Um, definitely some yeah, cool timing going on director,
1: there. director yeah. and actor combo if you like each other.
0: Exactly, man. Absolutely. And I'm really curious as well because obviously Hunted 2 is, you know, of course, like a horror film. Um, what genre of film interests you best when it comes with acting other than horror?
1: Oh, pure drama. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's much more challenging if obviously the script is written well um i I would say the most uh, actually the most challenging will be horror Mm. to to show uh like uh fear fear is extremely hard
0: yeah i imagine (laughs) horror is one thing i have not directed for a reason (laughs) just yet
1: it's funny like horror films are like the the cheapest thing to make but it's the mo It's the hardest thing to make because of all the technical stuff behind it, uh, mm. performance too. Uh, like acting is one thing, but to show fear is so hard, man. I believe it. <laughs> like have you like the, have you ever seen behind the scenes of The Shining of Kubrick trying to direct? Yes,
0: like, I have. For for Nicholson and Duvall, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. They were going through hell for that too. But look, will be good. Probably the greatest horror movie of all time. <laughs> that is true too. So let me ask you this: um, You mentioned Kubrick, and obviously, you know, he's no longer with us. But what is a, a dream director of yours that, that would be to work with on a project, whether that be from a, a filmmaking standpoint, whether it be behind the camera, or from an acting standpoint?
1: Oh, oh, e- easily, hands down. Uh, I say for an old directors, either Scorsese or Francis Coppola. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, for a newer one, my new favorite director today is Robert Eggers. Oh, okay. So we'll be, or be in, uh, be in his movie, yeah.
0: Very nice, man. Very nice. Good pick. Very solid pick. And I'm curious, real quick, wrapping up talking about Hunter 2. Um, what were some standout moments for you while on set filming this? Obviously, you're talking about you had that brotherly scene going forward, a bit of, like, uh, banter going back and forth. If you guys forgot, the, they were in the movie at one point. When you look back on this project completely, like, what do you reminisce about?
1: Being with the whole cast. Okay. Especially in one scene where all of us were all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was in the house. I think that was the best part because we all had, like, a little part in that. Mm-hmm. and that and everyone was just cool nice. i just that was that was the yes yeah. because we all had our individual scenes and like uh, uh me with like my, my brother or uh, with another character but then all of us just together in that in that one little room
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that wasn't that was a nice moment we all had a part to say and uh and for filming this uh, that scene it seemed like it was good
0: <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> and then and then when she edited it together i'm like oh i'm like wow, that didn't turn out the way i thought it was gonna turn out it was completely different
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is sometimes man that's how it is it's how magic's made you know
1: <laughs> you have the magic of editing <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely man absolutely well, I'm glad, you know, we had a chance to talk about Hunted Two, Lost Pursuit. Um where where can listeners find this film? You know, where can they go ahead and see your work for this?
1: Oh man. Uh it's on YouTube on Nikki's channel.
0: Okay, sweet. Oh, yeah. We've got listeners link down below for it. You guys gotta check this out. That's awesome. I didn't know it was already on you just on YouTube. That's awesome. That is what's up. Sweet.
1: I saw like a pre edited version, so I, I I think the fully edited versions down there with all the music added into
4: it too
0: oh yeah well link down below for our listeners check it out guys hunted too we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break Go over our rating system in case you're new to the show we're also gonna go over our stream of the week this week brought to you by our man tyler when we come back guys we're talking about some john boyga they clone tyrone and attack the block so we'll be right back guys <laughs> The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured in the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here's the order in which we rate these films. Number five. Kurosawa, the entire planet is one big city. Number
2: four. Hey. Bespin, it's pretty far but I think we can make it. Mining
1: colony?
2: Yeah, Tavana a gas mine.
0: Number three.
1: Like you did by the lake on Naboo. Number
4: two. Set your course for the hot system.
2: And lastly, number
4: one.
2: Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jack. Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku?
4: Welcome to Tyler with Stream of the Week. I got for you a classic today. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse the Black Pearl, the original, the one, the only. It's always good to revisit the classics I watched it not really understanding the plot from the previous one so I try to pay attention this time and I gotta say I actually understood it a bit more something I learned in my research though that really shocked me I've written the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland but what I did not know is that the movie was based off of the ride and not the other way around I've waited in line and wrote that thing at least 20 times in my life and I can't believe I didn't know that till now good old swashbucklers Sword fights old pirate ships some good ass CGI what I got a lot of this movie for though is the goofiness it's a pirate movie but through Depp's performance he's still goofy through it takes away a little bit of the seriousness and I like that this man's in life or death situations cracking jokes it's pretty hard to imagine Jack Sparrow being cast by anybody other than Dev, knowing that quite a few other people were considered for the role, including Hugh Jackman. Watching this movie for the visual effects, not understanding it as a kid, I gave it a coruscant. But now that I've watched it again, and understand the plot, I give it a coruscant.
0: All right, guys, and we're back from our break. got a couple new voices joining us for the rest of this episode first of all we got a co-host stepping in we got dakari how are you doing brother dakari how you how you doing
2: man (laughs) i'm sorry fucking yes i'm sorry um yeah i'm okay i'm making it i've been doing a lot more this year than i ever have been since i've been in college Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not gonna delve too deep into that but There's some special things coming, and I'm very excited for everyone to be able to see it, Uh, but other than that, man, I've just been living life, making it through uh, everything that's been put before me, you know? Real inconspicuous.
0: Pretty sound like you're in, like, a cult. Are you okay over
2: there? (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm just tired as hell. That's all. That is all, bro. It ain't nothing that serious. I'm just tired, but... Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it is. Well, glad to get you on this week, Dakari. I know you were excited to talk about these movies with us. I am. Oh, and also joining us for one of the movies this week, we got our man Johnny Zuko. How are you doing, man? Good, man.
3: Um, I just got off work, just worked like a 12 hour shift, and I just saw the notifications like, hey, anyone down to record? I'm like, I got nothing to do. Fuck it, let's go. What movies? (laughs)
0: Let's go. Love the energy, man. You always get the positivity just like her man Harold does. Love it. This is like the second or third week I've been dragging you on here too, man. We talked Paul and Zachamiri make a porno last week. A little bit of a Seth Rogen action. Yeah, actually we
2: didn't
3: get it talked we actually didn't get it talked about, Paul, because you fell asleep. So that doesn't really count. Well
0: you're gonna love this week too, brother. You're gonna love this week too, trust me.
3: <laughs> Alright.
0: Oh boy, but we're talking about attack the block first. Uh, Johnny didn't get a chance to watch They Clone Tyrone very shocked to hear that, dude, because I think you will love that movie. Um, Let's go ahead and talk Attack the Block. This came out in 2011, and this is John Boyega's first feature film, and kind of the role that landed him, uh, the role of Finn in Star Wars. And, for a little bit of a recap, uh, we start off with Jodie Whittaker, who is obviously the 13th Doctor, if you're a Doctor Who fan. Uh, But Jodie is on her way home from work one evening. Suddenly she's attacked and mugged by who, you may ask? Of course, you know, the biggest deal in the Resistance, John Boyega, um and his little British gang. They start mugging her. Aliens crash and attack Boega and the gang. The gang kills this alien and hides the body in a weed farm. Um, then aliens, shortly after, invade Earth. Boega's gang has to protect their block, their territory where they all grew up and live at. Um, a couple of friends die. One dude is, like, sharp decapitated at one point, one of these aliens, and we get kind of, like, a unique design for the alien creatures, too. They, out of all the weird, you know, like, obviously, really, Scott's aliens going forward, stuff from Predator, um, even, like, last week we were talking about Paul, like, the kind of stereotypical, like, green bug-eyed dude, like, alien looks, um, for the, some other kind of movies, this t- movie has a unique take on it. Almost like a cartoon effect, where it looks like a kid drew these things. Um, they're like these ominous, like deeply black, like scribble ball, like the character-looking things. They're, they're weird. Man, they look like fuzzies to me. Um, when I
3: saw this, I thought this is a Furby that looked like a Porcupine. <laughs> yeah, a porcupine. man. Furby. That's what. That's what. When I first saw, I was like, "That's what I thought of."
0: And they got those glow-in-the-dark teeth. they really crappy ones you get from Party City as well, which are kind of cool those, to see, but they're, they're kind of weird.
3: Those, those are effective. Yeah, they are, this man. in hallway scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, so anyways, we get some cool-looking aliens during this film throughout it. Um, shortly after, the dude's decapitated. Not going to lie to you, man. This is two for two, Johnny. Fell asleep during this movie. It also bored the hell out of me. Spoiler alert. Get
3: word. the <laughs> fuck out of here.
0: Anyways, movie ends up with the guys all saving the block. Uh Jody Whitaker doesn't press charges against Boega for robbing her because that just makes her a good person and a good friend at the end of the day, I guess. And the block is saved, and everyone chants Boega's names as he's like sitting in the cop car. And that is Attack the block. Very, very, um, much of an interesting watch for me. This thing has been hyped up to hell for me. I've actually met John Boyega twice at two different conventions now. Um, once the Star Wars Celebration Orlando. And then also at DC Awesome Con like 2018 or 19. I forget what year it was. Um, and during the panel for Boyega at Awesome Con that year. Um, a lot of it was f- discussed and focused on Attack the Block specifically. And... And he had wanted to do a sequel. I know he's kind of teased that back and forth. I think even early on in the podcast, Dakari, you and I discussed John Boyega doing a sequel to attack in the block. Um, and how that was kind of thrown up and down still. And so finally taking the time out to watch this film, like I said, the one to get on the role in star Wars, it's, it's kind of jarring to see that this is the thing that landed him that franchise role. Um, when was the first time you had a chance to watch Attack on the, or Attack the Block, Takari?
2: Actually, the first time I watched it was fairly recent. Um, it was maybe I want to say July.
0: Okay, so this like, year, well, this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was recently. It was earlier this past summer, right? Okay. So it was it was on my list for a long time because, you know, it was John Wayne and, you know, The Force Awakens was my favorite movie of 2015. Sure. So, you know, I had to, of course, look into it eventually. And just one day, my mom and I was just surfing through movies on Prime and that happened to be the ones we wanted to look at, it, you know. Um, so I watched it for the first time recently, and honestly, I could understand why this movie got him the role of Finn in Star Wars because – he has a lot of charisma and energy in this movie. You yes, know what I'm saying? He does, absolutely. He's pretty much the leader of his pack slash gang on his block,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: And he carries that weight throughout the entire... You can feel that energy seeping through him throughout the entire film. Um, it's not something you see so much in movies lately, especially when it comes to... An urbanized thriller regarding some little kids uh, trying to kill these aliens, uh, pretty much saving our block from fucking aliens. Like, that's not something you see every day. So, you know, the fact that he was given that role and the fact that he executed he, executed that role the way he did, I'm, I can definitely see why he was chosen. It's obvious. Okay. You know.
0: Good shit, man. Good shit. And Zook, Johnny, you know, obviously we talked about some you know interesting like B movies more recently too. Of us discussing some Winnie the Pooh stuff. Um, when was the ch- when was the first time you had a chance to watch Attack the Block? Because I know this was right up your alley, honestly, man.
3: You know, I missed this movie when it came out, and I had no interest in seeing this movie really? <clears throat> for the longest time. Yeah. Shit. I had no interest in seeing this movie, and I and I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because after seeing Force Awakens, I was like, I don't see it, I don't see it, and I didn't I didn't really care for the new trilogy or whatever. But I'm I'm trying to make the point where you know in October I do these things called 31 31 films, 31 days, 31 nights. So I pick one different film, one different theme, and Aliens will, fell on like I think October 13th. Okay, I that's saw on this birthday, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> nice. Um, so I was like, "Oh, this is free on Prime. I don't have to pay for it now." So I watched it, and I was kind of blown away. I'm not gonna lie. I I really do like the the heart, the and the the chances and the risks that this filmmaker took. Like so often, you get a movie like this, and all those kids are safe. But none of those kids are safe throughout this movie, and that's something that I really do appreciate. And I feel like that is something that is missed in a lot of movies—that your core group is protected. Mm. You know what I mean? This core group is not protected, and I I really did like that. And I enjoyed the the cheap nature, special effects of the aliens. I it makes me think of a 1950s B movie that's just upgraded. Like that's why I love Mars Attacks. It's It's a Mm -hmm. 1950 B movie with just, you know, a modern touch.
4: Absolutely.
3: And I I enjoyed this movie. I love the Monster Squad. And this is something... I feel like this is this generation's Monster Squad, in my opinion. I I really do. Like, it's not Universal Monsters, but Mm -hmm. it's Alien. But it's a bunch of kids banding together and taking on aliens. And I feel like this movie does this... So well, I think it, it executes its concept its concept very well, in my opinion. And I had a blast with it. I, I thought it was really good.
0: Okay, man, all strong feelings so far. I'm loving. It, I'm loving it. sarandis so when was the first time you watched Attack the Block?
1: A couple of days ago. It was my <laughs> homework for this. <laughs> and so not the, because I. Oh, go ahead. Oh uh, no, not because I never wanted to see it. Mm. Uh, I just forgot about it, honestly. <laughs>
0: Okay, that I was my that next age. bit, then. Yeah. I was about to ask you. So, like, you, obviously, we talked a little bit off-air. You are a Star Wars fan, so you watched the sequels as they came out. So this was something you had heard of about because of Force Awakens, I assume, right? Mm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I feel you, man. It was just always on that back radar for me, too. You know, finally had a chance of this episode. It's like, yeah, might as, might as well knock it out. <laughs> I feel you.
1: Yeah, it's just the film, like, the uh, land, John Boyega. I guess I put him out there. Yeah. I guess get the audition for Star Wars, and I guess they really liked him. I uh, I do agree with the uh, the Takari, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, he, so much charisma this guy has. Yeah, uh, John absolutely. Boyega man. Uh, yeah, I do not like the the sequels at all. But the best character who actually had a character, and also you know they they ruined everyone at the end, anyways. But uh, John Boyega was the best part of the sequels, and. I was so, with that. But, and after seeing those these two films, he's, he's a really damn good actor.
0: Hey, did you have a chance to watch, um, I talked about earlier this episode, Breaking, the movie he did last year?
1: No, no, I haven't even seen Breaking.
0: Oh, I think if you, if you like Dayclone Tyrone especially, I think you'll really like Breaking, if you want to see like a more of a dramatic side of him come out in that piece. It's really good. But continue, continue.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely a character actor and, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he was—he must have been in his early twenties when he did attack the block, but um, he he carried that movie as long. Same with the the rest of the cast. I was really the, the idea of having a bunch of kids just fight off these aliens, um, <laughs> and not not just any kids like little asshole kids. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so it's like you also uh, want to see them die too. Because they're like, oh, they're kids, but they're also a little assholes, so if they die, you're like, yeah, you kind of deserve it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, but every, uh, the chemistry between the whole group, uh, each character had their own unique personality and how they interacted with one another. Uh, John boy Bear- Boyega was like, like, the the leader, you know, he had to keep everything together, but the rest of the crew was kind of like, you know, flip-flopping around. Mm-hmm. Um, forgot about that that other like little little skinny white kid, but he, he was hilarious. <laughs> the, the things that he says, <laughs> um, uh, uh, when when the aliens first started coming out and they beat the shit out of that one alien, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like as kids would do, like yo, let's fuck them up, man. <laughs> and then and then they're like, yo, we see them falling down. Let's get them. They all get mm. their weapons. <laughs> it turns out to be like <laughs> this, this big a thing. Of,
0: This movie has a lot of great moments for sure, man. Absolutely, and a lot of like quick bits that just works out for it, which is interesting because, like you said, it is like they are their kids or teenagers, and I, they don't reveal that until a little bit later on. There's a scene, I think, with Jodie Whittaker specifically with uh, Bolega, but where she asks him like how old he is, he's like I'm 15, and, and it kind of hits you at that point. Um that we, this is like you said, the first time we see kids like go through it, these team members aren't protected. They don't have that like writer's block where everyone's gonna make it out of this alive, which is a really cool dynamic to see for sure. Um, it reminds me a little bit, Johnny when we were talking about ninja Turtles a few weeks ago and how about how the new kids are all actual kids for once and it has that um, that certain level of like like being authentic, like authenticity really. For these characters being um, relatable and expendable to an extent too which is a really cool dynamic um, Dakari I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this with this being Boyega's first feature film and the reason he landed the role of film in Star Wars do you miss these sort of silly sci-fi roles he used to play um, like Attack the Block and Pacific Rim in comparison to his new more meaningful roles like Breaking and They Clone Tyrone and The Woman King
2: I wouldn't say I miss them per se, but um, we could definitely use more of it, you know. Okay. Because whenever he's in these types of movies, you can tell he, you know, he like the energy is contagious. Whenever sure. he's doing sci-fi films, the energy he has is always contagious, and it just leaps off the screen. And he's great at doing that. And don't get me wrong; he's also very good at dramatic roles. So we'll get into that in a few. But it's just like with sci fi it stands out. You know, he, he really has a way with the crowd when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean we could use more of that, but honestly, I, I wouldn't say, you know, we really need it right now because he's he's doing great regardless. But um <clears throat> excuse me. As far as the film itself goes, as a first time watch, I pretty much was blown away by this movie. Okay. This is one of, this is one of those films that it it feels like you're watching a film from the '80s, but it's extremely modern. It has a modern touch to it. It just feels like one of those movies, like The Monster Squad, or it has a little bit of a Stand by Me esque type of flair to it with the, wow, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. um, with the coming of age story mixed in with the alien invasion side of things, you know, and it blends in so well um i haven't seen the kid who will be king yet but director joe cornish i think he pretty much outdid himself here with this film my only issue with with it i would say i don't know it does kind of drag a little bit into the second act just a little bit you know um i think it was that part where you know they let the other girls in the house and they're trying to protect them and there was a whole bunch of talking and you know the aliens come back you know this mm-hmm. was you know little stuff like that but honestly this is one of those films that we really don't see every day like we do not there's a reason why this movie was as popular as it was when it came out like i said this is this is very much so like an 80s film but it has that modern flair to it be, uh, because of the way it's executed um uh, you know nobody is safe in this movie Not even the kids. And that's one of the best parts of this entire film. Mm -hmm. It feels like it has this dirty dozen... It also has this like dirty dozen Seven Samurai-esque feel to it as well when it comes to the danger and when it comes to the risks that people take in this movie and how far people go when it comes to the casualties of the kids. You know what I'm saying? It, It goes there. It really does go there. And... You know, for this film to have this type of cast that it does, and for this movie to have the type of story it does, and for it to have the balls that it does, Mm. it's commendable. Absolutely, bro. Yeah, I was most definitely blown away by this movie, and I will watch it again.
0: Okay, good to fucking hear, man. I'm glad you have strong feelings about it. Johnny, I'm curious, bro. Do you have any gripes of this one? I, I really
3: don't i i but i've only seen this movie once so okay. i remember the first time when i uh, <clears throat> excuse me when i saw it i was just i was just enamored with the story i was enamored with these kids i was invested like mm-hmm. like like the friendship felt real and i think that's the the what i latched on to throughout the whole movie because the They all felt like they could be, like, real friends. You know what I mean? Like, they they feel like you could see that group just hanging out, just fucking causing some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I bought bought that chemistry, and I think that's what carried on for me. And so, they're going to be kids. Especially in a dire situation, kids are going to be kids. They're not adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the girls come in, but they're not worried about the aliens. Now they're worried about, hey... Can I get late tonight? It also saved the world. You know what I mean? But I'm also going to smoke some weed and drink some beer. So let's just do that, too. You know, kids will be kids. So, like, to me, I don't really have any gripes because they acted the way they were supposed to. Like, they're 15, 16-year-olds. How else are you going to act? You know what I mean? So I, I believe that they were playing their age. Because I was 15, 16 once, and I was stupid as fuck, too. You know what I mean? So... <laughs>
0: I feel you on that man. I think that's what I like most about this movie. Um is just the kids 100% feel like kids. I don't know, man, but like this unfortunately just wasn't that memorable of an experience for me as what I was hoping it to be. Um I think it was just overhyped for me personally because like I said at that panel dude, that like that's all they were talking about. It wasn't a full star wars conversation or anything like that. Um, which was wild, because when I was at that panel, this was right after Last Jedi came out. So, like, there were questions needed to be answered at the time. You know, everyone was still worrying about Rey, who is she, what's going on here. You know, Finn almost sacrificed himself in that movie, so we're having this big moment of, like, okay, what's Finn going to do in this next film, of course? Um, and it, it just blew my mind to hear so much attention for this totally unrelated project to the beast that's known as star wars and how that was well, taking center I, I, stage i couldn't, couldn't
3: kind of understand where the fans were coming from because i mean if you look at the last jedi and attack attack the block you you don't really want to talk about the last Jedi. I mean, no, dude. But I'm saying this was right when it came out. You know? I, know. I mean, even when I mean, even when I was doing Cinema Space, we didn't even want to do the episode talking about the Last <laughs> Jedi. We wanted to talk about something else because we were just so we were disappointed because like that's not the direction it was supposed to be heading. But this isn't a Star Wars thing. But I'm just saying yeah, that's yeah, probably you. why. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think just that just kind of sat with me, man. You know, I think, I don't know, I, I think this is I was ruined something... it for
2: you. <laughs> I still like The Last Jedi, but that's just me.
0: We'll, we'll get The Last Jedi one day in car. We've been talking about that for 147 episodes now.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: You haven't done that episode yet?
0: Nah, man, we're still going through Star Wars. We got Empire coming up at some point in the next year.
3: <laughs> oh, that's crazy. You should do like a Ryan Johnson double with that.
0: Oh, oh, trust me. I got we're, we're going boxing of you, know that. You already you're already
3: then. cooking something up. Okay. All right.
0: Absolutely. But anyways, um yeah, this was, wasn't wasn't my cup of tea in comparison to Boegas other work. Um I don't think this movie's bad by any means. It just wasn't something I was super in love with. Um you know, I think I talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but I've been watching some more Doctor Who to go ahead and get ready for the new season coming up with David Tennant and Nikati Got Gatwa, I think his name is, um, from Barbie. However, I- I've never been a fan of Whitaker as the Doctor, man. Tried watching her when, he she- when she first came on. I've sprinkled in here and there for a couple episodes, and I've watched the end of her run, and now I've seen another thing she's in. I'm just not a Jodie Whittaker fan, unfortunately. Uh, I I don't know, man. Everything just feels flat with her performance. Um, I, I really don't. At the, at the very end of this, where she kind of, like I said, doesn't press charges against Boega and switches sides, it, it very much feels like a like a shoehorned in kind of split decision. Like I I kind of found her to be annoying more than anything in this entire movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one, this one just wasn't what I was hoping it f- to be, unfortunately. Um Sarandas... an adult.
3: <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Leave me alone, Johnny. <laughs> Sarandas,
1: well, I'm you curious, don't me. Like Doctor Who? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no I, I I agree. No, this movie is was entertaining as hell. Uh mm. it, it was like what, an hour and forty minutes?
0: No, like it was like an hour and twenty for... something. It's it's short, oh. short.
1: Oh, I guess so uh, yeah I guess with the credits, yeah Man. yeah it was yeah I guess like a 90 minute movie something like that so it wasn't uh anything uh that will drag too long uh, It mm-hmm. had its purpose it was just a bunch of kids funny uh fighting the aliens uh I, I th- a couple of issues um uh the their boss the the the, the villain uh w- waste of a character <laughs> they did <laughs> uh, I don't it, <laughs> he he was he felt more cartoon at the end it's like so like you find out they bring this alien to you you've never seen this creature before mm. and then they're telling you hey man there's these aliens don't say the word i swear to god you say the word again and then an alien rips his friend his friend's face off and he's still <laughs> on a thing like i swear to god if you tell me about these aliens well it's like bro and you're and you're still mad if anything, like, I don't mind if he was, uh, like, an obstacle that they had to overcome because, uh, um, yeah, like, they had these, they're finding these aliens, and then there's this guy. But then it's like, there's no, they didn't do anything after that. They just kept in the same tone, mm-hmm. and if, if they made him switch sides and, like, oh, my God, there are aliens. I'm going to fight with you guys. That wouldn't make more sense, but he just, he was just on this grudge throughout this whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in an elevator, and the alien was in there ripped your whole friends, and you're still on this grudge? <laughs> Don't you have bigger things to worry about besides uh, 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 John Boyega d- smashing your car? <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought he was a waste of a character. Uh and then I like to learn a little bit more about the aliens. Like why I I I guess it was a simple movie. You didn't have to have a whole explanation, but at least something of why these aliens came down.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah, you know? can see that.
1: Uh so it's like did they just did they come down so they can Because they, they made it seem like, oh uh they're the the females pheromones was on Boyega. That's why they're always attacking him because he has her scent, and he's the one that killed her. So they're on a rampage. But if he didn't kill her, if he didn't kill it, would they be after them and killing everybody? Would they would they have been more peaceful? I, <laughs> you know, good point. Good point. What would you What would you reattack the block? Uh, with the with your score? Or? Yeah, yeah. With, with our score. What, what was your final rating for this film as well? Oh man, as I, as an entertainment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, I would give it a four. Okay. Yeah. Like, I was entertained, but I, mm. as a quality of a movie, I will give it, like, a three.
0: <laughs> That's fair. I can see that. You got to separate from what it is versus how you like it, you know? I can see that. Yeah. And, Dakari, what would you rate Attack the Block as well?
2: Uh, While I do agree with some of his critiques, mm. and that, you know, Dylan, oh uh, in some the ways the characters but in the whole movie trying to give a Diego some stupid ass no shit. Um and, you know, the pacing, the the second back, I honestly still had a blast with this movie. Um again, like I said, there's very few movies out there like it, especially in this day and age and you know. We can use a little bit more of that, right? just you know they gotta be distinguishable. But <laughs> as, as far much. as Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But as far as my rating goes for this film, I gotta give it a best spin on the way to Coruscant, man. I really had a great time with this. Okay,
0: high rating, bro. i love to hear it. Yeah. And Johnny, what would you rate Attack the Block as well?
3: Uh, I would have to give this a best spin on the way to Coruscant as well. Uh, I, again, like much like Paul, like, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. And again, like, Again, like like you were saying earlier, Max, this movie had so much hype behind it. You know what I mean? So many people talked about this movie and talked about it like online, Facebook, Instagram. People talked about this movie. And I just kinda gave in on my you know, on my 31 nights and just said, okay, fine, I'm gonna watch it. And I had a blast with it. You know, it is reminiscent of the Monster Squad. It is reminiscent of Lost Boys. I do like that every single character is expendable and they really hammer that home toward the end of the movie. So I really do appreciate that. I think the only only other movie that really did that was Terrifier because everyone went in that fucking movie. And yeah. <laughs> even though that movie was like, it's gruesome and there's really no plot to it. You know, again, it just goes to show that, you know, dangerous filmmaking is still alive and we need more directors and writers to take chances that's one of the reasons why i hate scream so much nowadays because it's so protected now but this is a movie that i really enjoy because no one is protected no one is safe and they establish that when they knock off the kids and i'm like yes i'm i'm invested i'm in that's terrible (laughs) to say when you say that out loud but i'm only talking about movies folks I
0: feel you on that, man. I'd love to hear it. uh for me, this is a boo. like I said, like it just didn't hit compared to other things for me, which is totally fine, you know there's some other things I think Boega's been a lot better in that we're about to go ahead and talk about as well um and I can't wait to see w- if he were to dip back into sci-fi again. you know I think uh, a potential sequel for this could be really fun, especially if we get like all the same like crew together, all the same all the gang that'd be fun. Like man. To- like the, the rest of the game, the whole the whole block,
1: and
4: Doctor Who.
0: Oh, I thought you said who? Not bad. You said Doctor Who. <laughs> My bad. That's terrible. No, nah, no. Nah, forget Doctor Who, man. We don't need Jody. Jody <laughs>
3: Whittington. Yeah, we
0: can leave her home. But anyway,s we can bring everyone else back. You know how it is. <laughs> for our listeners we're gonna go ahead and get ready to take another quick break before we go over they clone tyrone johnny i know you're gonna dip out for us i appreciate you coming on here man where can the listeners find you if they don't already brother
3: uh you can find me on tiktok at zuko's corner youtube at zuko's corner tvz studios and on instagram at zuko's corner uh you can check me out while i do film reviews and i just shit posts most of the time so other than that hope you hope you enjoy Good shit,
0: man. We'll be right back, guys, to talk about the clone Tyrone.
3: Oh, hi, Mark.
4: <laughs> oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? It's it's Yates here. And I played Jason in Galaxy of Film's newest short film, Distinguished. I just wanted to take a sec to interrupt the podcast to let you know that as of July 15th, Distinguished is available right now on the Galaxy of Film website and YouTube channel. Check it out. Don't be a dick whipping. Come on.
0: All right, guys, we're back from our second break for this week. Dakari, you know, putting you back on the spot, man, you're here from the beginning Back for the early, early days. You had to do a couple of these and start off with them, putting you back on the pedestal. Give us your recap of they clone Tyrone.
2: Okay, so this movie pretty much is set up, or it takes place in some sort of like neo. You can't even tell if it takes place in like now the twentieth century, the twenty-first century, or the twentieth century. But either or, it, it takes place somewhere in modern times, right? Uh, it's about this guy. His name's Fontaine. Um, he's living a pretty rough life um, in, you know, the urban areas of where he's at. Uh, he's pretty much a drug. He's a drug dealer, and then he gets in cahoots with Jamie Foxx's character, who's also a pimp. And you know, what's his name? One of Jamie Foxx's pimps, uh, Yo Yo, gets involved, and it gets kind of weird because one day after a squabble between Fontaine and Jamie Foxx's character, Fontaine's killed. But it's almost like so you think. Mm-hmm. Because Font- Fontaine actually wakes up from his bed the next day to go see Jamie Foxx's character, and Jamie Foxx is like, yo, you were killed but I saw you, you're dead. Like He's like, what are you talking about? It pretty much goes from there. An unlikely trio um, from three completely different backgrounds uncovering a government cloning conspiracy and that's
0: pretty much this entire film basically man more or less
2: yeah. and then yeah. we
0: we of course get a nice gemini man bit at the very end of this with extra of uh fontaine's you know john boyga and pulling out the nice fake out towards the very end too where it's revealed right. it's actually tyrone um this this movie's a lot bro like it's
2: it's it's so It is, and and the
0: incredible thing about this, with it being so much and having such a a wild script, it looks so damn good, too, man. Like, the cinematography and the set design, uh, the color grading, it all looks fucking gorgeous. I adored almost every single shot of this movie, um, especially its use of the color purple and like some of the neons we see like whenever Fontaine is in the when he when he's walking out of Jamie Foxx's uh, motel room for the first time right before he gets shot to the very beginning of the movie when he's looking back and forth from the backseat of the, the car and we see the lights from the motel kind of shine in through his windshield. It's just gorgeous, dude. Like I, I love the lighting in this entire movie throughout all of it. Um, it's a bit wild. Some of these characters seeing and you know, yo yos kind of out of pocket the whole time, which is awesome. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name, but she gives an incredible performance. Um, Seeing
2: Uh, Tiana Paris.
0: Thank you. Yes. Um, Tiana Paris. Seeing Jamie Foxx in this movie, because this is something, like I said, I watched uh, more recently while it was on Netflix compared to its theatrical run, but seeing him in a movie right after his whole medical situation where thankfully he's recovered like, damn dude, I always forget how talented Jamie is until I'm watching him on the screen. That's something I said whenever we we're talking Baby Driver a couple, or last year, um, but he's just a showstopper, nonstop, and I love the dynamic he and Boega have in this. Um, Boega, at times, almost reminds me of uh, of the main guy from Moonlight, where he's trying to be like this kind of hard-ass guy going forward, and it, it gives it an incredible performance throughout the, all of this. I love the dynamic of having to wonder if you're the clone or not and kind of going forward with that and seeing all these other faces that are your face, basically. Um, That's a very powerful scene whenever they're kind of underground. He reveals what's going on. Love that whole bit. And I love how they play into that for their grand scheme as well, where in order to sneak into this organization, he needs to fake his death like he's one of the other clones and to get in there at one point. Um, It's just an incredibly clever film throughout the entire thing um yeah I I was just blown away by this uh I'm curious though like with this being a film about conspiracy theories basically kind of unraveling itself further and further as the movie goes on what were your thoughts on this do conspiracy theories already interest you like was this up your alley kind of thing like where's your head out for this
1: yeah, yeah, it was. I I love a, a good conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, it was to the extreme of like they did like a a very sci-fi version. Yeah. Um, I was still trying to figure out like um, the 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 real purpose of why they were cloning everyone. It uh, for I guess to control certain areas. And eventually, they'll make it a like a big scale. Um, and then when they were talking about you know they were able to like blown people but also change their skin color so were they going with like a white supremacist thing where like oh we're gonna just we can paint everyone into white and doesn't and create like a white utopia mm-hmm. it I, was that like the angle they were, they were going at that's that's what i and,
0: interpreted as something similar to the amongst those lines at least dakar what, yeah, what was your interpretation
2: uh Definitely was interested in the conspiracy theory aspect of this movie. Um, I'm not a super conspiracy theorist, but you know, I've always gained interest into it. And this movie really goes for the jugular in regards to that aspect. Like, there is a lot to digest in this movie. It's kind of ridiculous. The same things that we see in the news today could be reflected like, in a movie like this. It's it's nuts. Like, it's almost like. I like to say that this movie is Get Out Meets Shaft with a touch of big trouble in Little China.
0: You know, you know? what, dude? That's a, a weird combination, but it's an, an accurate description.
2: That yeah, is because funky. We think of, <laughs> Yeah, think about it, man, because Get Out, man, was about it seemed like this was it seemed like Get Out was supposed to be this like, you know, just you know, chill kind of laid back movie with you know this black guy and his white girlfriend meeting, his, meeting her family and whatnot, sure. but it turns into something completely different and you realize what the family has been doing uh, in secret for decades and decades they've been using organs and different body parts of black people for different social science projects and experiments and everything and it's the same thing with this movie right here it's just set up against a black exploitation backdrop with the John Carpenter type flair to it. A lot of this movie really reminded me of not only Big Trouble in China, but aspects of Escape from New York as well. Because you get a lot of really dark moments with, you know, the lighting's very dim and you get the trio walking through rooms and uh, just hunting down something in secret. Like it, it really gets gives you that John Carpenter as Phil. While also Having the black sportation factor to it as well as the inspiration to get out. It's fucking brilliant, bro.
0: Yeah, man. You, you kind of worded it just perfectly, Dakari. Right? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's
0: crazy. I, I cannot believe you actually compared this to Big Trouble Little China, and I can't disagree.
2: Think about <laughs> it, man. That's weird. Come on. Think about it.
0: Yeah, man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong by any means. Um, so, Sarandis, did you have any gripes or any, like, key moments that this movie like you didn't like you weren't feeling basic of this one
1: well I, I could say the big twist was obvious i i saw that right from the beginning that uh okay boy it was like there was going to be some person that cloned everyone and that person was going to be him i was mm-hmm. just waiting for the moment again i'm like yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> maybe they could have hid, hid that a little bit better okay, or sure. i don't know. maybe maybe i've just seen yeah, too many it. of these films mm. um Because like a reveal like that, I feel like maybe hide it (laughs) a little little more. Yeah. Um. But other than that, a drag just a little bit. Uh, I feel like in the first act when they're trying to put things together, they could have just you know keep keep this pace up. It was kind of a little too slow. But uh, other than that. uh, the performances, everyone was great. Honestly, I think the person that stole the show was uh, the actress who played Yo Yo.
0: Oh, yeah. Fuck, Ducar, you literally just said it. I'm John the Blank on again, dude. Last night Deanna
1: Paris. Thank you, Deanna Paris. Yeah. Paris. <laughs> John B- Boyega was great. Uh, Jamie Foxx is always great and everything. Yeah. But I think for her, because the, the only other thing I could think of that I've seen her in was in. You know, uh, 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 WandaVision and. Uh, eh. <laughs> <gasps> oh, dude, she's
0: Monica Rambo. I'm tripping. Yeah. I totally. F- the entire time we were yeah, seen her talking, I was yeah. like, who the
1: hell is this woman, man? Like, where do I know her yeah, from? She's yeah. Monica Rambo,
0: damn.
1: Yeah, she's see what happens when you give her a good script and something to work with, how <laughs> a performance <laughs> can just come out. Yeah, man, it's crazy. She's incredible in this. And she's in
0: Candyman, too, isn't she? The, the yeah. more recent one, I believe, yeah, wild,
1: wild as hell. Anyway, keep, keep going on, man. Keep going. <laughs> the, the aesthetic of the film, uh, yeah, the color grading, uh, the sim- cinematography. Obviously, like, uh, I did, uh, I paid it, t- I seen more blue than I did see, uh, purple, but uh, uh, that's I just didn't pay attention to that, but uh. When it comes, you know how like they, they, I guess they added the film grain to give it that like black, expl- uh, black exploitation kind of feel, like in the seventies. Okay. But um, my my thing is like the thing is because they use like a modern digital camera, and then when you add the film grain to it, it just looks off. So, like, if they were going to do something like that, I, I know filming with film cameras is extremely expensive and just that, <laughs> way too difficult. But uh, I go, I'm going to go back to another director uh, that I mentioned earlier, Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. He directed a movie, The Lighthouse, and he changed the aspect ratio to the, uh, was it, like a 4 by 3? Yeah. And the whole film was, it was in black and white. But he filmed the movie like it was a black and white film back in the days. Yeah, you know, it it looked like as like a set uh, set piece, and you just had the actors perform, and it looked like it was from back then. But is this was like a modern movie, and they just slapped the film grain on it to give that aesthetic look? It just looked fake. Okay, to me. I guess
0: that's a fair critique from a and technical like, standpoint.
1: But other than that, the the yeah, the film looked great, uh, and I think the director. I, I was looking at his filmography, and that was the. Pretty his only like big thing that he's did. He he like directed an episode of a show here and there, and then it's like, then they just gave him like some big budget because this had a huge budget, man. You don't just get Jamie Foxx in, in the in your movie and it's going to be a small budget movie, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and this and, and the third act with like, uh, I guess the underground with the clones, like that, that must have cost a lot of money. And you gave this no name director that much money. Hey look man he did a decent job. <laughs> yeah he
0: did man by all means.
1: <laughs> so yeah Absolutely. Well, I like to see what else he can do next. Mm. But yeah Jamie Foxx in that movie it was so weird. Like this he was he wasn't even like a main actor. He was more of a supporting role in that uh, cuz this was John Boyega's movie and yeah and since, I know I'm just not used to seeing Jamie Foxx as a supporting character. Yeah, it was kind of hot, man. I haven't seen that since uh, Baby Driver.
0: I think actually to, to be, you know, that's God. That is wild.
1: It must have given him a lot of money, man. Like a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're right. Um, this is definitely Boega's film, and Jamie Fox does till the show in his scenes for sure. Um, but I'm I'm loving that Boega had this great. Um, Almost like an epic, in a sense. I didn't get a chance to watch the Woman King that came out, I believe, earlier this year or late last year. I forget where it fell across in the release date for. But I did like breaking quite a bit. Um, you know, like I was saying in that episode, like, that was a great film. But it wasn't like... I, I wasn't seeing it because it was the new John Boyega movie. You know? It wasn't like his his title role, if that makes sense. You know, now that we're away from Star Wars several years after this, you know, sequel trilogy's ended, when I think John Boyega, I'm finally to a point where I'm not going to think Finn right away. This movie is worthy of knocking his franchise character out of the water, in my opinion, which is something I'm really, really thrilled for um, and can't wait for some of the other Star Wars actors to do for me. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I really, really enjoyed They Claude and Tyrone. I was very impressed that this was a Netflix film. And straight up, this was a Coruscant for me. I, I was blown away the entire time from a... Now that I'm doing the cinematography for my current film, Novex, um, I've been trying to like pick up a bit more and just hone in on the camera movement specifically and camera framing, so I'm watching movies. And this movie is, is just gorgeous throughout the entire thing. Um, there's so many shots in this film where you could just take a snapshot of it and frame it. It's a piece of art. Um, very impressive, this and I am you know can't wait to see what happens to Baega's career for sure. Dakari, what is your final rating for They Clone Tyrone?
2: Uh, I fucking love this movie, that goes without saying. Um, I do want to make some extra comments before I get my rating. Seeing Jamie Foxx again after his fiasco with his sickness was a blessing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Just seeing him again after all that was just amazing, and he pretty much. Stole the show as this supporting character. He was phenomenal as usual. Um, besides this film being such heavy inspiration from things like Get Out and Shaft, and heavy influence by the likes of John Carpenter, it's definitely its own fucking thing. It has a lot to say, and it says it with such panache and authority that you just can't—you just can't avoid it, really. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are talking about this movie right now, and they're talking about it for a good reason. And I was watching this movie, and I'm just like, yo, the fact that this movie got made is ridiculous to me. Because there's literally conspiracy theories theories out there that talk about these things that really go on. And, you know, it was kind of baffling to me while watching. I'm like, yo, this movie actually got made. And not only that, this is a first-time director. Mm-hmm. this is a first time director which is insane to me so after this I hope he gets more and more because this was a phenomenal film I think John Boyega this is my, this might be one of my absolute favorite performances from John Boyega he's absolutely amazing here the cinematography is some of the best of the year mm-hmm. um, the soundtrack is probably one of the best of the year like this movie is just fucking amazing and I-, I can't wait to see it again my only issues with it is you know near the second act, we does drag, Same like, attack block, weird, I know, and of course, I, I, I low-key did see that coming, I, I kind of did see that coming, yeah, and sure. then you, you know, the twist at the end, you know, with Tyrone, I'm just like, okay, that, that's just like, it's low-key an excuse uh, for the justification of the tie? you yeah. know, I mean, we get it, but it it. it, it, it essentially doesn't have much to do with the actual part of the film but you get watched there um, but other than that man this was a phenomenal film definitely one of my favorite films of the year so far one of the best of the year so far absolutely stunning um, and people are talking about this for a reason if you haven't watched it already it's on Netflix please do yourself a favor and do so uh, I'm giving this the best man on the way to side.
0: good to hear man good to hear Damn, I'm, I'm loving that this is one of your higher ones for the year, at least too. Because I know you were pumped after you watched this, bro. Hit me up about it.
4: So oh yeah, it's, it's just, sticking just, up just, for
0: just, you. Yeah. Good shit, bro. And Sarandis, what is your final comments and ratings on they clone Tyrone?
1: Well, okay, so uh, on a on an entertainment value, mm. I will give it a a three. Okay. Uh, uh as a quality of like um. Of everything when it comes to like you know acting cinematography all that I'll mm. definitely give it a, a four oh. it was it was made very well um just I like I had more fun watching attack the block uh it was more quicker pace if this movie was chopped down a little bit more had, had just take out some of the parts that dragged um i I, I probably would have given a higher score sure okay but uh, one of the things that like, cause I, as an actor, uh, I like seeing arcs in characters mm-hmm. and I definitely, there was definitely arcs in both movies where a character was this at the beginning of the movie and they ended up going through all this, uh, trauma and it changed them near the end instead of being just the same, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like, uh, and attack the block, uh. Uh, I forgot his character's name, but John Boyega's character—you know—he was like, this punk kid. And then uh, near the end, and they, it, throughout that whole movie, they kept dr- they kept drilling that message, like like pretty much calling him this punk. Why do you keep doing these things? You know, like the uh, uh, the girls railed it on him, the uh, uh, Doctor Who <laughs> railed it on him, <laughs> and then you could see it like it, it started it, like. He started like getting it okay, and then near the end of the movie when he kind of makes like, you know, the ultimate sacrifice He ended up making the the most unselfish thing Which Mm -hmm. was that Where in the beginning where he attacked that alien is more of a selfish thing like yeah I'm let me go. I'm gonna be like this cool. I'm gonna beat this alien up. Look how cool. I am and it it ended up being I'm I might die. I'm gonna save everyone and I'm gonna uh, Sacrifice myself and same with uh, they clone Tyrone uh you know he was this drug dealer at the beginning of the movie and ends up finding out that he's not (laughs) that he's not who he actually is that he's just he was this made-up person and you can and then at the end um uh he's moving on to bigger things like uh i guess they they imply that they they went with their plan and going to different towns and uh stopping the cloning there as you can see when you saw his other clone reacting seeing seeing mm-hmm. like another version of him i guess that was implied like oh they ended up doing the thing where they go to other towns so uh he moved on from being a bigger drug drug the uh, drug dealer to saving people <laughs> yes
0: yeah, that's, that's a good way of looking at it <laughs> absolutely man <sighs> that's that's <sighs> it's crazy to be here now, honestly, looking back on John Boyega, um, cause you know, Force Awakens came out when I was in high school for sure. And to see where that trilogy ended up, you know, I do like parts of the sequels, keywords parts, um, you know, whether it be they are their own great final products to be discussed another time for sure. Um, but you know, like I said, like I, I was 15, 16 when I saw this guy on the big screen for once. So it's kind of cool. And like, a like a proud dad moment almost, to see him land this kind of film and to stick to the landing of his performance. I adored They Clone Client. Yeah, I cannot talk. Jesus, They Clone Tyrone. I adored the hell out of this movie, um, and I can't wait to see what comes next in his career. Absolutely, man. But, Dukari, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week, brother. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you there one day Dakari we'll get you back there buddy
2: listen man I
1: I don't know what the issue is bro
0: I don't know I'm I'm just giving you shit bro
1: but (laughs) (laughs) the next episode he's still on the bus
0: yeah yeah for real he's still chill on the bus only the best here Dakari only the best always giving you shit here
2: oh oh, wow
0: Dakari before we go ahead and get ready to dip out for this episode dude I have one last question for you brother Which of these movies is the better first
2: date film? It's the better first date film? That is correct. I say Attack the Block. Wow. I say Attack the Block because it's quicker paced. It's way more straightforward than they cloned Tyrone. um, And it doesn't really have too much on its mind. You know, it's one of those movies that you could just put on and watch all the way through pretty much without, you know, without it feeling like you've, uh, you know, took in so much information. And sure. also as a first date movie, Attack Attack the Block, I feel it's pretty safe.
0: All right, man. You guys have heard it from the man himself. Attack the Block, go check it out. Make sure to bring your honey up and to go ahead and give it a view with him, you know.
3: <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, only the best here your Galaxy film, gentlemen. Sarandis, it's been a great pleasure getting to know you on this episode and having you on to talk some John Boega this week and also talk about Hunted 2, the film that you're a part of. Where can our yes, listeners sir. follow you?
1: Well, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Sarandas Sodder, so S-A-R-A-N-D-I-S-S-O-T-I-R. I don't really post much, but if you want to give me a follow, sure.
0: <laughs> is it just instagram or anything else you got for us too man
1: uh i do make uh like reviews on youtube it's just oh. that comical with a k if you want to give it a look go ahead uh i have a big review coming out soon so it's gonna be about ahsoka
0: oh ah, dude if i knew you were up to with with ahsoka i would have brought it up this week for this show's topic dang man this week was crazy oh my god are you caught up yeah
1: Got up, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, six episodes, yeah.
0: Good deal, good deal, man. We won't spoil it soon, guys, because in a couple weeks we're talking Ahsoka. You'll hear our thoughts on that and Princess Mononoke as well. It'll be a great episode. But good to hear, man. Good to get you on. Link down below as well for Hunted Two. Everyone, go check that film out. Um, Dakari, I know we're also got some new projects in the work here, Galaxy of Film my newest short film novex is coming next month i know you got a piece you're in the works with um also we got the new podcast that started this week awards bait hosted by jake check that out guys um, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the work Jake has done alongside us when he was with Mayhem Pictures full-time. And now that we've absorbed Mayhem Pictures and he's with us, I'm so proud that he's bringing that same energy back over here, involving some of the same guys and bringing uh, a kind of a, a twist to it. You know, one thing we really struggled here on the podcast was bringing that awards content um, and the discussions for that here to you guys. And now this fixes that um That issue, this bridges that gap here. We have Jake, who's so passionate about this, coming in weekly or bi-weekly to talk about these movies with you. And it'll be just a hell of a time, guys. Check it out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads, all at Galaxy of Film. You can check out our short films and the rest of our podcasts on our website, galaxyoffilm.com. And if you enjoy the show, please consider us leaving us an iTunes and Spotify review. It should us help out the show much more than you can imagine. Next week, guys, we stay tuned because we're talking to creators. Bye, guys.